Hey there, welcome to The Third Seat. This is the show where we have open and honest dialogues with experts who have a unique perspective to share straight to you. I'm your host, Daniel Trinum with Croft & Frost, and I'm excited to bring you today's episode. As always, all links as well as relative information will be in the description of this episode down below. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's join into the conversation. All right, well, welcome back everyone to the third seat. Thank you all for joining us today. My name is Daniel Trinum. I'm with Croft and Frost and I will be your host as always. Uh, today I have someone joining me that I am really excited to speak with. It is someone who, as I've gotten to uh, speak with them a little bit and get to know them, they are a very interesting and passionate individual about the work that they do. Uh, the work that they do is something that I personally also believe uh, a lot in and think is something that oftentimes isn't talked about enough, but is something that I think a lot of us, especially those that live in maybe not that, you know, in bigger cities or, or in, in, in uh, communities that we're very proud of uh, that need to be talked about more. Uh, she is an individual who is the CEO and founder of Reka and Lou Creative Marketing and Advertising, Advertising excuse me, Agency here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, and along with that, she is a recent new business partner in uh, is the company Nuga Networking. Is that yep, correct? Correct. And I'm really excited to talk to her a little bit about that today. I don't want to take up too much of her spotlight uh, here. I don't, you know, I want to let her uh, describe herself for you all, but. Uh, I'm happy to introduce Abigail Choi to the show today. So Abigail, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah, well, thank you for having yeah. me. I am honored. Yeah. Um, he already did a really great job <laughs> of introducing me, uh, but I'm the founder and CEO of Raken Low Creative and partner in Nuga Networking, which is very new. We actually just had our kickoff event two days ago. So very, very new. So how's that been going so far? Um, it's going amazing, to be honest. We started, there's three of us. Mm -hmm. um, we started it just as a way to bring some more networking back to the community before COVID. I think we had four or five at least mm -hmm. a week, um, and now we're lucky if we have four or five a month. Yeah. And for people who are small business owners mm -hmm. and in the professional field, networking are really great opportunities to go ahead and meet people mm -hmm. and get clients, set appointments, yeah. you know, all kinds of different things. And yeah. I've seen a lot of small business owners really struggle without mm -hmm. having those networking mm -hmm. events. Um, and the few that we do have, I feel like, um, are very, very spaced out and you don't, they're not advertised very well. So when you do go, there's not all that many people there. Mm -hmm. um, and so we originally started Nuga Networking as a way to just bring in the community mm -hmm. and get them really excited to come and hang out and build relationships and network. Mm -hmm. So that's what it started out with. We had our kickoff event on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. um, we had 350 approximately. Um, register for the event and I think we had two to 250 That's that awesome. showed up so it was awesome. amazing yeah. um, we got a lot of good feedback yeah. um, some good suggestions to implement in yeah. the future and yeah I mean I definitely have seen a lot of people really excited about it yeah. and ready to go to the next one yeah. so yeah that is awesome that good. is awesome so is this is this business is it it may be a combination of both is it more directed towards getting small businesses uh, connected with the community or small businesses connected with other small businesses? You know, like a, a kind of a business to business relationship or it could be both. It, what, so, what's the, yeah, it's a little bit of both. Now, granted, <laughs> the three of us have never run any type yeah. of networking yeah. anything. Well, this is very so, new. Yeah. yeah, this yeah. is very new. We're <laughs> kind of just dipping our foot in and it's like mm -hmm. a trial and error process yeah. at this point. Um, and we've definitely kind of advertised like, hey, we want your feedback. Like, mm -hmm. what? do you guys want that's super beneficial mm -hmm. to you that we can help you get to that point? Um, so it's kind of multifaceted. Our number one thing is just getting 
almost business to business and mm -hmm. helping facilitate that relationship and building relationships mm -hmm. within the business community in the Chattanooga area. Mm -hmm. um, secondly, we are partnering with different, um, I say event spaces very loosely, mm -hmm. um, businesses yeah. in the area that want to kind of bring people out and get, um, I guess, get people aware that they exist type mm -hmm. of deal. So yeah. we had our kickoff event yeah. at the CHI Memorial Stadium for the yeah. Red Wolves. So it's yeah. a very fairly new stadium. Yeah. It is super cool. It's kind of in the middle of Eastridge and it's a little bit hard to get to, but once you get there, it's phenomenal. Mm -hmm. We did it um, in the executive suite and people really loved it because it's not a place that you get to go to every mm -hmm. day, you know? Yeah. So bringing out people and getting, you know, the Memorial Stadium, advertised in a way to just the public mm -hmm. but then also bringing out people and getting them mm -hmm. kind of more business to business relationships yeah. if that makes sense yeah. um, and so we have a lot of ideas for the future but as of right now it's just mainly the networking and kind of utilizing different venues and different businesses within the area to bring some exposure to them that's awesome and, and that exposure for businesses I mean not that I'm not personally a business owner but yeah I love one of the one of the biggest things about Chattanooga that I personally love is there's just such a variety of different businesses, and I I typically think of it in in the in the restaurant uh, sphere here just because yeah. I love food and I love yeah. going to different restaurants. But there's not a ton, no shade at these businesses, but there's not a ton of like massive chains in yeah. the area. Which there's a place for those, but I, I love that there are a lot of small small chains or family businesses or locally owned chains that. It really gives Chattanooga a lot of character, I think. But one of the main, uh, you know, downsides to these businesses is that it's hard to get the word out there for them. They don't have yeah. the budget of these massive corporations. You know, like I'm a, I'm a huge coffee lover. I love, co I love to drink coffee, and I will all the, I, I visited numerous coffee, you know, local coffee shops in the area. But oftentimes, you know, I've talked about different ones that I like going to, and people be like, oh, "I've just never heard of them." Like I didn't, yep. I didn't even know they existed. I'm like, "Well, it's a shame because it's like they're fantastic." You know, I mean, not that you know Starbucks or Dunkin' are bad, but it's like these these little places. They have so much character, and they're so good, and 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 their beans are great, and it's just fantastic. And but they just don't have the exposure and awareness that all these other massive brands do, and so. I think you hit on a little bit like I think that's such a cool thing that you are trying to do is just be be uh, assist these businesses in bringing awareness to them because it really is so important for these small businesses to have that awareness. Uh, they really are, I think, not just restaurants but just all small businesses in communities at large. They're what make our communities. Uh, they're an integral part to what we do, uh, why we love our communities so much, and I, I love that. You, I don't know if you may not be the only one out there that's doing this, but I love that you're, you and uh, your business partners are taking this head on and trying to make this uh, your mission to to put these small businesses on a pedestal and, and promote what they do. That's that's awesome, and I think that's great. I think that, well, that's awesome. That's awesome. I appreciate it. You kind of hit home on the main reason why yeah. I do everything that I yeah. do. Um, I moved to Chattanooga. <sighs> six and a half years ago roughly um, and it is unlike any city that I've ever been to or lived in um, the small business community is so strong here I mean like you said just looking at restaurants there's so many locally owned restaurants and not a lot of chains and that's what I really love about just in any industry here I mean we've got so many small businesses and so many people who really 
truly care and are passionate about what they do. Um, it's right why I started Raken and Lou, um, because I really saw the need in the small business community that they need help with marketing and advertising, but these you know, big corporations spend lots of big bucks um, on marketing and advertising that small businesses really just don't have the budget for. Mm -hmm. um, and so in my brainstorming process of how can I help, you know, I had these skills in marketing and advertising and graphic design and I really wanted to utilize it to help the small business area mm -hmm. specifically. And so Reiki and Lee was born, we mm -hmm. specialize in exactly that. Um, and I love, I mean, there's nothing more rewarding in the world to me than being able to, you know, drive down the street, you know, with my family and mm -hmm. point out like, hey, like we I did that, like, yeah, 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 like that logo, we did it, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and they, to see the success of our clients, you know, whether, you know, they're still contracted with us or mm -hmm. people that we worked with like a year ago, it's yeah. still so great to see their success and see um, yeah. kind of the difference that we were able to make in their lives and in their business. Um, and so that's kind of how Rake and Lou started and then how Nuggie Networking started mm -hmm. too. And so it's just been really rewarding just to see, um, especially through COVID and everything that mm -hmm. happened, all the businesses were able to almost rally together yeah. and help each other out. And I yeah. just really love that about Chattanooga in general. So. Yeah, and, and, and you got brought up a great point. Like speak, specifically speaking about Chattanooga, I noticed that there weren't a ton, from what I could tell, there weren't a ton of businesses that went under during or because of the pandemic from what I could tell. Now, I know there are some and, and I'm sure there may be some that I'm just not aware of, but for the vast majority of you know restaurants and small businesses that I'm aware of, most of them are still here. Most of yeah. them are still alive and well and, and seem to be thriving. And I think part of that is twofold. I think one, our commute, just the people here in this community, whether you're, they're business owners or not, I think they take a lot of pride in our small businesses and so they wanted to do whatever they could to help obviously you know even during those very uncertain times of the first year two years of the pandemic uh it was a little weird trying to figure out how best to support these businesses but also the coolest thing about it is i, I think it's great that these businesses work with one another uh i was talking about how i personally am a big coffee lover and one of the the coffee shops in town it's called velo coffee roasters over here on the south side yep. and i forget where it was but I saw it was another restaurant and they were using their beans. And then I was like, that's so cool. It's like they're, you know, it's kind of like, I'll scratch your back, you scratch my back. Like they're, they're helping each other. Uh, one of my favorite restaurants over here, Need Loves, the bakery, uh, they provide bread and buns to all different other kinds of restaurants. So it's, it's helping one another out to whereas if they were all just kind of on their own little islands and trying to, you know, make it on their own, the, in my opinion, the odds of all of them surviving all at once are probably not as great. Uh, it's gonna be a lot harder to make it on your own entirely, and I think the fact that they work alongside one another just goes to show that this community we have here in Chattanooga, the business owners and the non-business owners alike work together uh, to provide a lot of culture, and, and it just, it's such a cool thing. Uh, it's, it's one of my favorite parts about Chattanooga and people that aren't from here. I mean, not that I'm from here, but I've been living here for almost four years now. So I guess I'm kind of a local yeah. at this point. Uh, but people that don't live down here, they'll come down here and, and you know, they visit me sometimes. They'll be like, wow, there's, they'll, they'll talk about just, wow, this place is so cool. Like there's so many unique places that I was never aware of. I'm like, that's, that's that small, you know, that's these small businesses. That's what, that's what provides this culture to this community. And I love it. I love it personally. It's great. Yeah. And, and Chattanooga is such a, a cool place. And I always try to sing its praises whenever I can, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm the same way. I mean, I've been here six years and I still feel like I'm discovering new places. I mean, new places to eat at for that yeah. matter that I had no idea existed. And I yeah. was like, wow, how have I never known about yeah. you? Um, and kind of going back on small businesses, helping each other out. Yeah. Um, 
That is so true, and I think that all of our community, whether we're business owners or not, are very, very proud of Chattanooga mm -hmm. and proud of what we've been able to do and all of our small businesses that exist here. And I think that you're right, during the pandemic, um, obviously, there was hardships for, I mean, everyone. I don't think anyone was untouched mm -hmm. by it. Um, yeah. But I do really, truly believe that we all rallied together and we supported and backed the people, the small businesses, mm -hmm. um, and a, a good majority of them survived. And yeah. I'm very proud of that. Yeah. I don't think that just any city could say that about you know the small businesses there. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So Abby, you are a, a fairly young business owner from what I can tell. Uh, I think a lot of times there's this idea that if you want to own a business, unless it's just like a little you know lemonade stand. I remember when I was younger, I I had a Kool-Aid stand at the end of our driveway, and I guess that was yeah. the, the beginning of my short-lived entrepreneurial career. <laughs> but uh, to start any you know major business or small business, it oftentimes required a lot, requires a lot of energy, uh, yep. a lot of capital. Yep. It's not just something you can really do overnight. It, it takes time and preparation. Uh, and even after launch, it's not an easy thing to uphold and to keep going. As someone who, in the field that you're in, as a young person and as a woman, what what is some experiences that you've had and some lessons that you've learned being a young uh, business owner in this field and, and just being a young entrepreneur trying to carve out these lanes for not only yourself but other businesses in the area? What are some things that you've t uh, been able to take home with you and some experiences and lessons that you've uh, had and learned? Yeah. Um, so I very deeply attribute to where I am today just yeah. to the opportunities that were given to me. Mm -hmm. um, when I was in high school, when I was in college, um, I had a really lot of people who took the chance on me and gave mm -hmm. me really cool opportunities and internships and I I try to hire young in mm -hmm. my company too because I really truly believe you don't need five years experience. Mm -hmm. You know, I can teach you the experience. Mm -hmm. You just have to have the willingness and dedication mm -hmm. to learn and to grow. Um, and if you have that, I mean, you can be successful in anything you do. I really, really believe that. Um, but it's not, I mean, it's not always easy. That's for sure. It takes a lot, a lot of time mm -hmm. and energy. Um, I wouldn't say, I mean, it takes money, but mm. there's ways around that. I yeah. mean, there's investors yeah. and SBA loans yeah. and all of that um, that can really help you out. I mean, obviously I've learned and grown and I'm still learning and yeah. I'm still making mistakes, yeah. um, but that's that's part of it. And that's yeah. part of being an entrepreneur. I think that it takes a special someone to kind of risk, I mean, their finances, yeah. their, I mean, career, everything yeah. in between yeah. there, um, but it's never not been worth it to me. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, and people that I talk to, especially young people who are, you know, fresh out of college and they don't want to do the nine to five life. I mean, I don't blame them. I don't want to do it either. <laughs> um, but I always tell them, you know, it's going to take, you know, kind of like a seven to seven life, mm -hmm. you know, for a little bit where you work that nine to five to pay your jobs. And then all the hours outside of that, you know, you're creating something for yourself. And that's where I was. And that's how I started. I had a full time 40 hour a week job. And then I started raking Lou on top of that. And it took, you know, a lot of dedication to get to the mm -hmm. point where I didn't have to do nine to five anymore. And mm -hmm. I could fully dedicate my time to raking Lou. Yeah. Um, but yeah, make mistakes, try yeah. new things, talk to a lot of people. I mean, relationships are the number one reason why I got to where I am today. Mm -hmm. So, you know, networking events, like what Nugent Networking does, I mean, I encourage anyone and everyone that I talk to, mm -hmm. to go to them, go to as many as you can. You know, you don't have to stay the full two hours, but go get a drink if you need mm -hmm. some liquid courage to, yeah. you know, go up to a stranger and talk to them. Um, but go up to a stranger and yeah. talk to them, start a conversation. You can yeah. talk about, you know, their five-year-old dog at home for mm -hmm. all I care. But like, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, you made a 
impact on that person because you took time yeah. to talk about their dog and yeah. later down the road you know you never know who that person might turn out to be and it might be a really important contact that will yeah. get you places in line yeah so. and and i think it's so important what you're talking about is being uh, being okay with failure at times and i don't mean failure in the sense that like oh you just didn't get the job done like oh you you were supposed to hit this mark and you just didn't and that's the end of the discussion uh, in, in any walk of life, whether you want to own a business or not, failure is an, ine is an inevitability. Uh, you know, words are hard, but <laughs> yeah. uh, failure, just like that, failure is an inevitability. And I think that understanding that whatever avenue of life you're about to go down, whether you know, you're someone like myself that's fairly new out of college or you're wanting to start a business like you were at one time or you are currently running a business like you are, um, it's there's never going to be a time where it's like okay I'm just gonna sit back and it's gonna be easy from here on and there's it's <laughs> gonna be smooth sailing and no problems here on out that's never gonna be the case um, and it can be easy I think too to look at small businesses even even you know successful ones I was talking about like uh, like need loves a bakery that I personally really love a lot uh, I drive by that I'm like how did they how did they start this place like you yeah. know that's not an easy like the restaurant business is not an easy business to be in it's all about uh, you know the numbers how many sales you're making how many you know units you're turning over that can be very stressful I would imagine especially yeah. as the owner and the whoever it is uh, that's that's running the show I'm sure there were times where they were like, holy cow, I don't know if we can do this. Like this is this is a stressful business to be in. This is hard, this is difficult. And there were probably a lot of times where they wanted to hit, you know, a certain mark and they didn't. But I think uh, you know, as the old saying goes, being able to get back up onto the horse after you fall off, that's that's the most important part. It's not about not failing because yeah. that's going to happen. That is going to happen in whatever avenue of life you're in. It's about being willing to accept those failures, learn from them, and, and then be better after that. To yeah. be able to get back up on that horse and try and ride again. Uh, that's the most important part, especially what I found in my life, um, just personally with things that I have tried to accomplish and you know, sometimes I succeed, sometimes I don't. But it's not about the success or the failure. It's about a willingness to continue and to keep trying and to keep fighting because that is what's going to get you far in life, I believe. Yeah, uh, like you spot on. Yeah. yeah, I mean, definitely it's not an easy road. There's a million and one things that can go wrong. Um, I, you know, I always in the back of my head, I'm starting a new business right now. It's kind of a secret, but um, there's, you know, a list, an ongoing list in mm -hmm. the back of my head of all the things that can go wrong and all the things that have to happen perfectly in order for this to work, in order yeah. for, you know, for me to announce it next month type of deal. Yeah. And it's like, wow, I just, you know, get overwhelmed just thinking about mm -hmm. all the different things. But at the end of the day, you know, nothing easy ever came overnight mm -hmm. and you know I've made all my mistakes but I've learned from them and mm -hmm. I've gotten right back up on the horse like you said mm -hmm. and um, worked harder you mm -hmm. know the next day and I think that no matter what I just encourage everyone you know even if it is in a nine-to-five but you're yeah. wanting to climb the corporate ladder for instance mm -hmm. like put your all into it learn yeah. and grow it's okay to make mistakes as yeah. long as you're learning from yeah. them so and and you you know I would dare say, uh, obviously we can't look into the future and know, but I, I know personally if I were to like meet myself of four years ago when I was starting college or four <laughs> yeah. years before that when I was starting high school, like the the person I am today, not just from a like success quote unquote standpoint, but just from who I am as a person, that that person would not, would probably be like, no, I, there's no way that's who you're going to be. Like there's no, yeah. I, I just don't think that's what, what field you're going to be in in life, but here I am. And it's not just because of, not just because of me. Like I'm not here to say like, oh, I just worked so hard that I got this point. There was a lot of help that I received from other people uh, that was able to get me to the point where I'm at today. But I say all that to say, you know, 
we don't know where we're going to be in the future, even at that. Like, I, I have no clue where I'll be in one to two to three years. And I would say the same for you. Uh, you know, whenever we get to the future, you may look back and say, wow, there was that time where uh, this man with the long hair was interviewing <laughs> me and, and, and I, I didn't know what I was doing. I was starting this new business and I was running another one and I didn't know what was going to happen. But yeah. over time uh, and through experience, I think that's where we learn our biggest lessons. Uh, and, and like you said, if we're able to get up every day with a mindset of, okay, probably going to fail at some point. Uh, you know, our tires are probably going to blow, our engines are probably going to fail. Yeah. Uh, things are going to go wrong where we don't intend for them to, but that willingness to keep going, to keep fighting, and to stay consistent with it, that's what's going to pay the most dividends in the end. And uh, I think that's incredibly important. What would you say to someone who uh, maybe is like yourself, you know, some years back whenever you were first starting uh, Reka and Lewin, now that you are working to start Nuga Networking, what is some advice that you would give to someone that is in a position like that? And that, you know, maybe they say, hey, I would love to start, uh, I would love to start a creative uh, marketing agency, or I would love to work with small businesses in this area, or I'd love to pursue this passion of mine and make it a career field for me, uh, but I don't know where to start. Right? I have these, these ambitions, but I'm a little scared to put myself out there and, and try this new thing. What would be some advice that you would give to someone like that as a, a young entrepreneur yourself? Yeah, I mean, honestly, two things, and I've already said this a lot, but I really mean it, is networking and the connections that you make are so important. I mean, someone that I met my freshman year in college is my business partner now in Nuga Networking, you know, and back then I never would have thought that for in a million years, um, but I've you know, took the time to talk to him for five minutes after my class where he's spoken, and I've kept that connection throughout the years, and mm. look where we are now. Yeah. Um, so definitely, like, putting yourself out there, even if, you know, you're still in college, like, go to the networking events. It doesn't matter if you don't have a product or a service or a business to sell. Mm. You're just going out there, and you're meeting people. You're mm -hmm. collecting business cards. Mm -hmm. You know, I've got a drawer filled with them, um, <laughs> and you know, I don't really know what I'm going to do with all of yeah. them, but I'm sure they're going to come in use yeah. at some point in my yeah. life. Um, so that's number one. And then number two is just gaining experience. You know, I, I didn't know how to build a website overnight. Mm -hmm. I still have so much to learn in that area yeah. too. Um, but I wanted to be hands-on and I took on roles. You know, I did unpaid internships, you know, while I bartended at night but mm -hmm. I did it because I had this goal and in order to get to that goal required knowing people and knowing how to do things mm -hmm. really like really well mm -hmm. um, and so I took unpaid internships um, some of them were paid too I did freelancing clients and I you know sold myself to them and I'm like hey I'm young you know I'm not someone with 20 years experience yeah. under my belt but I can guarantee you that I'm the most passionate girl you'll ever meet and I want to you know help you accomplish your goals and mm -hmm. you know build you this beautiful website for instance so please take a chance on me mm -hmm. you know and learn and take the opportunity to learn and accept the failures and learn from them and I think that you know if you're willing and dedicated to those two things I mean you can yeah. sky's the limit at yeah. that point yeah, yeah. And, and I think that you know, on the, the first uh, piece of advice that you talked about is, is networking and, and meeting new individuals just in your area. And it doesn't necessarily have to be people that work in the field that you want to work in or do work in. Uh, but this idea of, and this is coming from someone who not only speaks a lot, but now speaks for the job that I work at a yeah. little bit. It can be, it can be scary and intimidating at times to 
try to meet uh, new people and to have conversations with them. I mean, uh, you know, before every interview we've been doing, I'll, I'll kind of sit there and be like, okay, this is what I'm going to talk about. This is what we're going to do. It's going to be okay. You're not going to freak out on camera. You're going to be fine. It's going to be okay. And you know, again, this is coming from someone who is a fairly social individual. I don't yep. have any trouble really talking to people or making conversation, but it can be intimidating at times to meet these people or try to introduce yourself to people that you just don't know. You have yeah. no, they know nothing about you and you know nothing about them. All that you know is that they might have some information that could be useful to you and you might have some information that could be useful yep. to them. And so Absolutely. for me personally, I know that if I've ever been in uh, situations like that or if I've uh, been trying to meet new people or maybe it's for you know this podcast or whatever, uh, for me, the biggest piece of advice I could ever give to someone, and I think you would echo this, is when you're speaking to them is just try to make it as just as human to human as you can. Uh, I think it's very easy to tell when someone has an agenda, like when they when they come to you and speak to you, and it's very clear to see that they just want you as a means to an end. They don't necessarily want to meet you for who you are or, yeah. or, or learn about you as a person. Uh, it can You can very quickly see that, I think. And when you approach conversations like that with a mentality of, okay, let me just meet this person and see what they have to offer. I'm not trying to extrapolate anything from them necessarily. You know, let me just let me just meet them and see what they have to say and maybe they, you know, have something beneficial to me and maybe I have something beneficial to them. We'll just find out. I think that is a great way to go into conversations like that because at that point it tears down all uh, all barriers really of conversation. You're no longer this person with a huge title that I'm scared to talk to. You're just a person. Yeah. You're just a person like me. You, you, you know, uh, we both have ambitions and, and wants and needs, and uh, we both have a lot more in common than we probably have. In, you know, that's not in common. And so, address, coming to the table like that, I think makes it incredibly easy to, or much easier, I'll say, uh, to have those conversations. It, it, it makes those in, intimidating situations and scenarios much more easy to. Uh, walk into and, and be present in than it might be beforehand, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So a little tip that I use, and I still use, because it, believe it or not, is still intimidating to mm -hmm. me. Um, I'm a very, like, extroverted, I like to say. I could talk to anyone. I could mm -hmm. talk to a brick wall and yeah. sell them something. I've said the same thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, but not everyone's like that. And even yeah. myself, like, with that personality, still struggle. Sometimes I see someone that I really want to talk to, you know, and they're really high up in this really big company. Yeah. And it, I let that, like, get to my head. Yeah. Um, and so something that I do, especially when networking events, like, first start, uh, my number one thing, like, maybe it's been a long week. It's, like, a Thursday evening. Mm -hmm. This is the last place I want to be. I want to be at home in my bed, like, you know, watching Netflix or whatever yeah. um, I make it to myself I'm like I'm gonna stay just one hour so I you know even set a timer on my phone so mm -hmm. when the timer goes off that's like my excuse to like skedaddle yeah. right yeah. so that's number one thing before I even walk in I make a game plan I'm gonna be here for one hour but in that one hour I'm gonna give it my all I'm mm -hmm. gonna talk to every single person that I can mm -hmm. um, I'm gonna walk up to you know even the people that seem intimidating to me um, and then when I get in there and you know you go through this check-in desk and then you stand there and there's like a million people milling around and you're like oh god where do I go yeah, now? Yeah. Um, pick a person. You know, sometimes it's I pick the person based off of they've got like a, a cool jacket on. Mm. And I'm like, oh, there's a conversation yeah. starter. I'm going to go yeah. there. <laughs> um, and I literally count to three in my head. And then I t like tell myself that all my insecurities have got to go out mm. the window. I walk up to that guy with the really cool jacket. I held it, mm. like called out my hand and say, hi, my name's Abby. Yeah. You know, and it flows from there. If yeah. you can get past like that initial like fear, 
um, it's it's really worth it, I promise. Mm-hmm. And 99% of the time, my timer goes off and I'm having a great time and I stay longer right. than an hour, so. Yeah, and, and what I'm about to say, I cannot back up by science <laughs> or empirical evidence or anything, so take this with a grain of salt, but okay. I'm a firm believer that if specifically talking about you know meeting new people and having conversation with them, oftentimes if you can just get yourself to start the conversation, 99% of the time, you'll lose all the insecurities you had before will just kind of wash away and yeah. the conversation will just carry itself. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't have to have some major agenda or some, you know, a uh, thousand word script ready to recite off at a moment's notice. Just like you said, just walk up to them and, and just start speaking and, you know, maybe it'll last for five minutes, maybe it'll last for 50 minutes. Who knows yeah. how long the conversation will last, but I'm a firm believer that if you can just, and this is a message to myself as well, because I struggle with the same thing. If you can convince yourself to just take that leap of faith and say, hey, how are you doing? Then yeah. from there, who knows flows. where the conversation goes. And it just it just naturally flows, I think. Uh, it, it becomes a lot easier to respond and to continue that conversation because one of, I forget who it was, but one of our uh, guests was talking about how conversation is not just a, I talk, you talk, you talk, I talk. Like, it's not just back and forth, it's a dance. It's a, yeah. it's a you respond to what I say in a way that, you know, uh, that engages with what I was talking about, but also engages with the list. You know, there's, there, it's a, there's all different kinds of moving parts and it's very dynamic. And so that can be a little intimidating, but understanding that that dance is going to naturally occur 99% of the time, at least in my opinion and experience, yeah. uh, it makes it a little bit easier to approach those people because you don't have to have, like I said, this thousand word script ready to go and ready to pop out at a moment's notice. You can just walk up to him and say, hey, uh, my name is Daniel, my name is Abby, how are you doing? Uh, and just go from there and see what happens. Yep. And I think those those are the best conversations, in my opinion, whether it's in a corporate setting or just in a personal you know, one-on-one setting. I think those are the best and most uh, interesting conversations, personally. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Uh, and even at that, it can be intimidating to walk, like, there's this, there's always this veneer of, of professionalism, like with the suits and with the ties and everything. Like, it's like, oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to talk to this person. But again, like, everyone is human. Everyone, no, I would say most people are gonna be okay if you just walk up to them and say, hey, how are you doing? I mean, for crying out loud, I mean, you're, you're a founder and CEO of a, of a company. I mean, that is your title, but you know, here we are talking right now. And I would yeah. dare say if someone just walked up on the street and said, hey, how are you doing? I'd, like, you would probably talk to them. It's not like, yeah. you know, you're this high and mighty person that's not allowed to talk to these peasants or anything. Like, it, you're just a person like anybody else. Uh, and I think understanding that is is incredibly important. Uh, it's, it's essential and especially when working in a field like you work in with networking individuals with businesses and businesses to businesses. I think yeah. that's incredibly important. Um, on a somewhat different note, so you do, obviously you are the founder and CEO of Rake and Lou, and you do a lot of, correct me if I'm wrong, you do a lot of marketing and advertising for small businesses in this area. And me personally, I have never been the most uh, creative person in the traditional <laughs> sense. Okay. Uh, in the sense of like, you know, drawing or, or painting in, in, in those traditional avenues. Uh, I've always had, I've never been the most artistic person. I, I wish I was, but I've just never been great at it. Uh, but you know, for me, there there are areas that I that spark creativity for me. For I was telling somebody, I guess it was it was late last year. I went to the to the Hunter Art Museum for the first okay. time, and just being in there or surrounded by all those different forms of art and the, you know the sculptures and the paintings, it was so. I left feeling like I want to do something. Like I want to I want to make something happen. I, I can't make that painting. I don't know how to do that, <laughs> but I want to do something. Like I I want to. I have this like this vigor inside of me to try and create something for myself, what, you know, whatever it is, I, I don't know. Um, 
I think being able to channel that creative energy is important for individuals like yourself that do work in a creative field. Yeah. What for you helps spark that creative energy? Uh, and whenever you're, you know, if you're approached by a business that says, hey, we need a, a new marketing campaign, but we don't want it to be just, you know, some old commercial saying, you know, buy our products. We want it to be something that stands out. Uh, what, what is something that gets your kind of creative juices flowing, that gets the gears turning for you personally that allows you to work in that space and be productive and to provide uh, a high quality creative service for businesses in this area? Yeah, so um, hopefully none of my clients hear this because <laughs> it's probably not the most professional thing in the world. Well, hey, if it works, um, it works. There's a few different ways that I yeah. go about it. Um, creativity, first of all, it's not just, you know, paintings and drawing and stuff. Yeah. I think I thought that when I was young too. Mm. Um, I started college as a nursing major. I thought I was going to be a nurse and be a stay-at-home mom <laughs> I have a one day. Story. Not yeah. nursing, but I have a similar story, so I know exactly <laughs> yeah. what you're talking about. Um, and the idea of, you know, the any of the creative fields, I was like, well, I'm not creative. I yeah. don't know how to, you know, I can't yeah. even draw a straight line. Yeah. Like, that would be terrible. <laughs> I wouldn't be good at it. Um, but there's a lot more to it. You know, yeah. some people on my team, like, they may not be graphic designers by any sort of means, but they have the most incredible ideas that mm -hmm. I've ever heard, like, more than I could come up with, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and so creativity, I think it's different for everyone. But for me, because I'm such a huge people person mm -hmm. and I, I could talk, like, 24 hours a day and I wouldn't get tired of it. Um, what helps me is talking. And uh -huh. so whether that be, you know, I'm hanging out with my team and our project managers are all sitting together and, you know, I'm stumped on this one client's logo and someone else is stumped on, mm -hmm. you know, a social media campaign. We just talk about it. We explain what we're doing and getting other people's perspectives to really help. Mm -hmm. um, my dad, for instance, is a big finance guy. He does all the numbers. So he's the complete opposite side of business mm -hmm. that I'm in. Um, he doesn't really understand what I do. I really don't understand what he does. Um, but sometimes I just really need someone else's perspective. And mm -hmm. so it, it, sometimes it's as simple as calling him and being like, hey, when you think of, you know, coffee, what do you think yeah. of? You know, what yeah. colors What colors come to mind? Yeah. Like just <laughs> something like anything to get other people's perspectives yeah. helps me a lot on developing my own perspective. Mm -hmm. um, also, sometimes I just really need to take a break. If I'm too focused and I'm stressing too much over this one thing and I can't make it right, sometimes I just need to take a break. So whether that be, you know, I, you know, take my dogs on a walk and breathe or watch an episode on Netflix, yeah. you know, or go out and get drinks with my friends or yeah. something that just takes a break. Um, I don't think that you're supposed to, you know, sit there and have all these creative juices yeah. flowing 24 hours a day. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes that's, it just takes other perspectives yeah. and a kind of a break from your own perspective yeah. to just calm yeah. down for a minute yeah. and then come back with it with fresh eyes. So it's not by all means any type of yeah. like step one, step two, yeah, step it's not three. A hard science yeah, sure. it's just something that, you know, comes to me and a lot. I mean, genuinely what helps is talking about it and getting other people's mm -hmm. perspectives. And they don't have to be, you know, people in my area at all. Like sometimes I'm literally just talking to my boyfriend about some client. He's like, hey, what if you did this? And yeah. I was like, mind blown. Why didn't I think yeah. about that? You yeah. know, so sometimes that's all it takes for me. So. Yeah. No, I, I'm the same way. Like in, in, again, I'm not the most traditionally creative person, but in things that I've tried to do and, and am trying to do, uh, it, it's never been like, of the things that I've been able to create, it's never been like a one-man show. It's not like yeah. I just sat in a room and was like, okay, if I just think about this hard enough, it's yeah, gonna come it's to be like- it's just gonna magically like, appear. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> if I just sit here and stare at this wall long enough, then something will happen. And, and you know, I mean, there are times, I think of like the analogy of like, the best ideas come when you're like in the shower. You're like, oh, yeah. I need to write that down, but I can't, like what, what you know? Uh, it's just like, they kind of happen to you on the, on the spur of the moment, but 
to me, and I, w- I would agree with exactly what you said, the, the best ideas I've had or, or you know, the, the ways that I've been able to create anything in my life is not just in a vacuum. It's not by myself. It's not me just sitting there thinking about it hard enough. It comes from taking my own ideas, my own perspectives, and those being challenged by other people, yeah. but also other people saying, hey, what if you tried this? Have you thought about doing this instead? Um, or even at that, uh, there's oftentimes where um, it's not necessarily someone giving me feedback on something. I'll just be listening to conversations and someone will, will say something a certain way yeah. or they'll present an idea in an interesting way. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh. Light bulb. Yeah, it's like, oh my gosh, yep. that's perfect. All, all these other ideas that I had, forget about them. Throw yeah. them away. I don't need those. <laughs> this, is, this is exactly what I needed. Uh, and, and it's there, there's a, something in particular like I, I, thinking about a conversation I had with someone and, and they said something just kind of offhanded. And I was like, what did you just say? What did, and, they, and they were like, I said, I said this. And I was like, that's perfect. That's, that's exactly what I needed. And then yep. they were like, I don't know what you mean. Like, I was just talking, but okay. Uh, it, it's hilarious how I think those creative endeavors, whether they're small, like in my case, or in your case, they're literally the business that you run. They often, oftentimes come just by it's happenstance. Out of the blue. Yeah. Yep. yeah in it, conversation. Yeah. And there's something to be said about trying to be, you know, creative. I, I would dare say there's no, any creative professional of any any you know avenue whether it's art or music or, or what any, any other kind of creative avenue I'm sure there's been times where they've sat down and been like okay I need to need to dwell on this idea a little bit and yeah. kind of flesh it out but uh, it's just like with any great musical album they obviously have the person the title of the person that releases it but there's like hundreds of other people that help write yeah. the lyrics and help uh, you know mix the music and help direct the, the creative direction there's all kinds of people that have a part in it it's not just that one person they didn't just yeah. sit there and think okay if i just think about this hard enough it'll come to me like there's a small part of that i would say but there it's it's the collaborative effort of everybody around you you know absolutely um, and i think that uh, that ties in perfectly with again what we've been talking about this whole time if, is what you and uh, your business partners are doing with nuga networking is no great business is built in a vacuum on its own. I, at least I don't think. Uh, obviously, there are many good standalone businesses, but I would dare say they just worked by themselves all the time and just stayed in their little, you know, in their box and worked there, and they were be yeah. able to be successful. Most of the time, it requires some form of collaboration with other businesses or people that are outside of your business or you know individuals like you were talking about like your dad uh, someone who may not even be in uh, the business that you're in and they can offer a different perspective that is what makes not only our creative endeavors so special but it makes the businesses in our communities uh, so special and so successful I believe personally Uh, it sounds like you'd probably echo that sentiment as well absolutely yeah and it's just so cool to see I don't for me again I'm I love regarding Chattanooga specifically, I love that part of what makes this city so special is there's just so many different unique areas and avenues that anyone can uh, take part in and individuals like yourself who are trying to champion the small businesses in our areas and the the areas of this community that make it so special, trying to uplift it and and promote more collaboration in that area. It's really cool. I think that's cool and uh, I commend you on that. I think that no, that's awesome. I appreciate and, it. Yeah. It's not like by any means like all my idea yeah. or anything like that. I think a lot of people, especially off of, after our kickoff event, were like, oh, that was so great, Abby. Like you did such a yeah. great job. I'm like, oh, I really didn't do anything. Yeah. Like I, yeah. you know, I heard the feedback and mm-hmm. kind of the pain points within our community. And I was mm-hmm. like, hey, you know, what if I just put something together? But, you know, it took... CHI Memorial Stadium and the Mm -hmm. Red Wolves to agree to host it. You know, it took everyone sharing it on social media. It took so many different things and so many different people to make it a success. And then obviously 
once everyone was there, I had absolutely nothing to mm -hmm. do with what a great time everyone yeah. had. That was all on them. You know, they yeah. had a great time. They were able to meet people who were really beneficial to them and make great contacts and mm -hmm. further relationships. And, you know, I don't want to take credit for that. You know, I mm -hmm. just put you in a room, but yeah. everything else was all you guys. And yeah. that's, you know, what we need more of, you know, and I think that we do a really great job of it, but just kind of promoting it more and making people mm -hmm. more aware and yeah. especially our young people. I mean, I'm young, obviously, mm -hmm. and I full-heartedly like put kind of a lot of my efforts into helping people, you know, still in college and fresh out of college and helping them gain experience and grow, especially in the business world. I mean, I, if you look at my team on my website, they're all really young mm -hmm. for the most part. Um, and I've looked at job boards and a lot of them, like even entry level positions are like five plus years experience. Yeah. And I'm like, it's not the experience you need. It's the people who kind of have the attitude and the mm -hmm. dedication and all that. So that's what I look for. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people in our generation have that mm -hmm. um, and can do really big things if yeah. people let them. Yeah, no, something we talk a lot about here is, and I've mentioned this before, but something we talk a lot about here specifically is having the right people in the right seats. Yep. Uh, you know, like, it's funny, before I was in the position that I was working in now, I was working very heavily with the tax team. And okay. the tax team is great. The work they do is awesome, but I was not cut out for it. It was not for me. I just I, I just hated it. I couldn't yep. do it. I, I could do it from a technical standpoint, but I was like, I just don't want to do this. I don't like it. I don't enjoy it. I leave every passionate. day just don't not wanting to come back. And when I came on full-time, I came to this different position, and I love it. I love now what I do. It's, it's awesome. I feel like it appeals to my strengths personally, uh, mm -hmm. and I, I feel like I'm the right person in the seat that I'm in. And that's so important because you can hire a hundred people, but if none of them are the right person for the job, you've wasted your time, resources, and their time and resources, and Absolutely. you've just ended up where you started. Uh, but being able to hire, it, and you know, it, it's not necessarily about the experience that you've had, it's having the right person. Maybe they are a college intern, but that college intern might just blossom into the greatest asset you've ever had. Absolutely. And that opportunity may be the best opportunity they've ever had. So you never know what could uh, come from that. And I think it's incredibly important. And I'm glad that you do that because uh, especially individuals like myself who are freshly out of college, they need those opportunities. I know a lot of people that are still in college that have the drive and the vigor and the desire to uh, do the right thing and to have a successful life, but they just need the opportunity. Yep. Uh, and it can be very hard to find those uh, opportunities. So I'm, I'm, I'm very glad that that's something that you consciously do and uh, I, think that's, I think that's awesome. Something that you just said, it reminded me, uh, you were talking about how you know, at the network event, you're like, you didn't really do a lot then. Um, I think the idea, which you didn't say it explicitly, but it, it reminds me of this all the time is how we look at you know like professional athletes and they'll just succeed on the on the highest levels and they're just winning championships and doing all these great things like how do they do that like did they like what in the world how were they able to do that uh, but the thing that I always hear from them a lot of times is like the the thing that you that we see the the highlights and the yeah. you know when the when the lights are on and the big plays happen we see that but that's like the tip of the iceberg yeah. all the work that's done beforehand. We don't get to see that. We don't see them in the gym working on dribbling drills. We don't see them out on the field uh, working on their footwork. We don't see all these little uh, details that they improve. And I think that's just what you described with this networking event. Obviously, it's a new thing and it's starting and there's room for it to grow. And I'm sure that there, were, if you know, if we, there, nothing's perfect. There's always ways to improve things. But the reason that people were able to attend such a great networking event like that is because 
you and your business partners put in all the work beforehand to get everything set up. You spoke with CHR Memorial. You spoke with the Red Wolves and asked if you know if you could use their stadium and and made all this happen uh, at once. And you you know uh, in, interwove all these different uh, these different fabrics to make this happen. And because of that, because of the work you put in beforehand, when yeah. Showtime came, when it was time for everybody to arrive and to uh, come out to the event, it was seamless. It was like it was yeah. like there was no work that had to be done, and you just opened up the doors and let them come in, and yeah. and there they were. Uh, and so on, you know, on the surface, it's like, well, how did you do that? What what you know, you're not even having to do anything. How did you? Do it? It's like, well, I did all the work beforehand. So now that we can run this great event and and uh, kick off this new business in such a such a great way, I think that's incredibly important. Such a great lesson to learn for new professionals because we want to be successful. We want to have those highlight moments, but they don't happen by themselves. They don't happen in a vacuum. Oftentimes it takes a lot of prep work to get yeah. to those points. Uh, and you definitely seem to be someone like that to work, like you were saying earlier, you know, you took oftentimes unpaid internships and worked uh, nine to fives on top of nine to fives. You, yeah. you, did, you did things on top of things that were not the most glamorous things in the world. They were not necessarily easy, but they allowed you to be in the position that you're in today. Absolutely. And I think that lesson can be applied to anybody in any stage of life uh, and I, I think that's a very important lesson to learn and to hold on to you know yeah. uh, it's, it's really cool and hopefully uh, you know I have I have no doubt that Nougat Networking will continue to grow and to blossom uh, I, I think the fact that there were so many people that attended uh, just yeah. this first event with it being such a new thing goes to show that there is a demand for it out there people Absolutely. want to participate in things like this and they want to support the community uh, and if you know if you continue to do the work behind the scenes like you've been doing I think it only has room to grow and, and room to improve. I think that that's awesome. And yeah. I think you all have a very bright future ahead of you for sure. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah. I I mean, it's it's definitely needed and we're yeah. doing our best to kind of facilitate it mm -hmm. so that the people that need it most will have access to it, so. That's awesome. So on a somewhat different note, I wanted to ask you about something. I uh, was preparing for this interview and was looking at your LinkedIn profile just to gather some information. And I saw down, down at the very bottom okay. that, I don't know if you still do this, but for a period of time, you worked with the McKamey Animal Shelter. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. So you were a foster parent for, is that, is that correct? Yeah. So um. <laughs> I wanted, first I wanted to ask you about that, what that was like. I know this is totally different, but I was curious what that was like. But also I got to hear your answer on the great cat versus dog debate. What's your, what's your preference on, are you more of a cat person or more of a dog person? You oh, can, and you can say neither. If you have, if you have a, pr a totally different preference for both of them, then that's yeah. fine too. But I'm curious to, to hear what your, what your preferences are. I probably can't answer that question. <laughs> I've got three cats and two dogs and I love them all equally as I always say, and I won't ever change my answer. Yeah. So okay. I love both very much. Um, but yeah, McKamey, so this is kind of like my <laughs> second life over yeah. here. Yeah. Um, I started fostering, um, I'm a huge animal lover just yeah. in general, always have been like since I popped out of the womb probably. Yeah. Um, I grew up with animals. I had cats, dogs, a few reptiles and rodents. Yeah, and, a real um, zoo. Yeah, <laughs> I had ducks at one point growing up, chickens, I mean the whole shebang. Yeah. Um, and when I came down here for college, I just didn't have animals obviously because mm -hmm college and yeah. I dormed for my first year and yeah. I hated it. Yeah. Um, and so I started volunteering um, at McKamey. Um, and then when I moved out of the dorm and I had an apartment, um, I got a cat of my own, but then I also mm -hmm. started fostering uh, and I still foster to this day. Mm -hmm. I have <laughs> nine fosters in my house nice. right now. That sounds like nice. a lot, but they're all neonatal kittens. Yeah. So they're not like taking up like a lot of room or anything. Yeah. 
Um, but I have been fostering through McKamey. I also yeah. foster um, through a few other rescues in the area. Yeah. Um, and my big thing is pulling from kill shelters. There's yeah. a lot of kill, ooh, kill shelters yeah. around the southeast. Um, and so I partner with a few different rescues and we pull from them, um, mm -hmm. from the euthanasia lists and try and get them home or get them into foster care or get them with a rescue mm -hmm. up north or, you know, wherever we can get them that's mm -hmm. not, you know, the kill shelter. Yeah. That's essentially the goal. Yeah. So, yeah, and McKamey, um is one of my clients through Ray Kinlow too. I try really hard to work with a lot of nonprofits. Um, and yeah, I mean, animals are kind of a huge thing for me. That's where my third secret business kind of comes in. Yeah. So it's not like yeah. anything I'm doing right now, yeah. but um, it definitely plays to something that yeah. I'm really passionate about. So. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. I was curious about that. The reason I was asking is uh, at the time of this recording, I guess it was it was this past weekend, over in St. Elmo, they had the Corgi Parade. Yep. Uh, and I, I love, I love Corgi. I think they're the <laughs> cutest, funniest looking dogs, and I, I don't own one personally, but I hope to have one someday. Yeah. Uh, but I was there, and I was like, I gotta, I gotta ask what her, what her experience has been like being a foster parent, because uh, I'm sure it keeps you busy, and I'm sure it's very interesting. Even though you know the the kittens are neonatal kittens, and they're very small, and and they don't take up a lot of room, that's still nine nine little baby kittens that you're, <laughs> you yeah, know, tending to. Yeah, you, uh, they gotta eat every two to yeah. three hours, yeah. yep, even yeah. in the night, so it's yeah. fun. It's like having a newborn baby, yeah. so. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> keeps you busy. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, it, sound, it definitely sounds like it keeps you busy. Uh, that's awesome, that's awesome. Well, I don't wanna keep it too much longer. I know that you're busy. Uh, before we head out here, I wanna just give you the floor. Uh, if there's anybody you wanna give a, a shout out to, if there's anything in particular you're, you're working on that you wanna promote, if there's, uh, anything that you just really want to talk about, the floor is yours, and I uh, just want to let, give you this moment to tell everybody listening what you got going on. Oh, man. Well, I appreciate <laughs> that. I mean, too many things. I guess biggest thing while we're on the topic of McKamey, um, they have their annual gala in May, and then we are also um, doing a new fundraising event called Pawpalooza, which will be in Coolidge Park. It's going to be really cool. We're going to have, like, food trucks and local small businesses selling things, different vendors and that sort of deal. Um, and we very badly need sponsors. So um, if anyone's interested in that, that's probably my, my biggest thing that I'm working on right now. So when is, when is Pop um, Popalooza is in June. So it's okay. not very far away yeah. at all. Obviously we need vendors. So if you're interested in that um, and we really very badly need sponsors for the event too. And gotcha. all the money goes towards, you know, saving baby kittens. So. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That is awesome. Well, Abby, thank you for coming on. Thank I really appreciate it. Uh, it's been an honor and a pleasure speaking with you today. Uh, any relevant information to, you know, like Abby's LinkedIn page and to Rekha and Lou's website. Is there a website for Nuga Networking? Yep. All the all the you know information for uh, those for businesses and everything will be down in the description. So feel free to check her out and uh, check out her businesses and all that she does. Uh, and again, thank you for coming on. It's been a, a pleasure speaking with you and getting to meet you. And hopefully we can speak again in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Thank well, you. thank you all for listening and uh, we'll see you next time.